We are starting this new series. We've kind of already talked about it a little bit. We are family, which is why we got some parents in the house. Shout out to my parents. How y'all doing? Y'all feeling good tonight, parents? Yes, we got one parent feeling good. And all the others are freaked out that they're in a room with middle schoolers. So uh, we're glad you guys are here. I know students, we don't always have parents in the house, so best behavior. Um, we want to make sure that they actually come back because we got one more week of this. Uh, but wanted to, to start this off and make sure we all know why we're doing this. What is this all about? Uh, so here's the deal. This series, we are going to focus on the relationship of parents and their kids. Sounds like fun, right? <laughs> no. Why are we doing this? Stupid. Well, we're doing it because it's important, and you guys all have probably had an issue at some point. But how many of you in here have, have parents? Parents, that's to you too. How many of you have parents? I believe everyone's hands should be up. We all have parents. Every one of us. And here's what a parent is. Somebody that's older than you that's responsible for you, okay? Some of you might have grandparents raising you. Some of you might have one parent, two parents. Some of you might have an aunt or uncle raising you. At the end of the day, we all got some parents. So we've all got those. But here's my next question. Anyone in here ever had a disagreement with your parents? <laughs> a few of you. Adults, have y'all had disagreements with your parents before? My hand is up. I've disagreed with my parents before. Absolutely. Hands down. Anybody in here got into what I would call a passionate disagreement where some things were said that you didn't really mean, but you just had to say it? Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. Hands down. Last question. How many of you would say that the relationship between you and your parent has been strained at some point? Maybe you're there now, but you've been there in the past. Maybe you think you're probably heading that way. I don't know. Yeah, it's been strained before. You're like, okay, I don't even want to talk to them right now. Okay, hands down. So the whole parent-kid relationship, it's real. It's around. We all have experienced it some degree or another. Some of us have better relationships than others with our parents. And some of us parents have better relationships with our kids than maybe we did with our parents. Um, and then some of us don't. Some of us, maybe it's worse. So tonight, we're going to drill into this. We're going to talk about this. We're going we're gonna to wrestle with it a little bit. And hopefully tonight, we're going to have better relationships with our parents because of some of what we hear. Because it's not really what I'm saying that's important. But what we're going to read about is from the Bible, which is full of things that are going to help us with this. So tonight, though, specifically, we... Uh, we all have issues, we all have things that are, that are wrong, but tonight we're going we're gonna to focus on uh, the, the kids' side of this. Uh, but God set this whole thing up so that we all have people that can love us, that can teach us, and train us. Because ever, ever since we came out of the womb as a little baby, right, we've been learning and growing and figuring stuff out. Um, I don't know if you know this, but when you were a little baby, when I was a little baby, I, I don't think we knew how to do, like, division or multiplication or anything like that, right? Any geniuses in the house? You came out of the womb and you were just doing long division because you're just good like that. Okay, we got a few brainiacs in here. Prodigies. Nice. But we, God set this up for a specific reason because we all need help. We don't come out into the world knowing everything. We don't come out knowing, hey, fire's going to burn me if I touch it. 
So it takes us messing with the oven or touching the fire or messing with something that's hot to figure out, ooh, that hurts. Or we have somebody around that's like, hey, don't touch that because it's going to hurt you. And it helps, but sometimes some of us touch it anyway. Anybody in here touch something even though they were told not to? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Awesome. We actually see that with the very first family in the Bible, right? Adam and Eve, their, their father says, hey, don't touch the fruit. What'd they do? They touch the fruit and they eat the fruit. And then they mess everything up for us. Sin entered the world and all that good stuff. So that's been going on for a long time, right? We got the kids being told not to do something by the parent, trying to help them, teach them, train them, all those things. It's been going on forever. God set it up that way because we all need people in our life to tell us those things. And sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we pay attention and sometimes we disrespect them and sometimes we clean our room and sometimes we don't. And sometimes we get grounded and sometimes we don't. And then sometimes we do our chores and then other times we just skip out and, and do something else like play a video game or read a book or watch a TV show or something like that. I mean, it's all over the place, right? But in general, this relationship was set up by God for a reason because we need somebody. We need some parents. We need some guidance. We need some love. We need some encouragement. We need some trust. We need all those things. And so God set up the whole relationship between a parent and a kid. And he started it way back in the creation. Adam and Eve. His, his command to Adam and Eve was to go and be fruitful. Have some kids. Start a family. And they had two kids. The first two kids we hear about are who? Anybody know? Cain and Abel, right? They had a little friction they had, a, they had a little disagreement at some point. One of them killed the other. Read about it later. You can read about it later. But they, they got a disagreement. They have more kids. Another kid named Seth comes along. They have more kids. There's, so they, they're the first family. And God set it up that way for us to continue to have these families. And then their kids have kids. And then their kids have kids. And we read about all these different families in the Bible because God set up the family unit. So this is not new. This is not like something that we're just coming up with. This has been around forever. You guys have experienced it. We've all experienced it in some kind of way, form, or fashion. And the Bible talks about it because God set it up. But tonight, like I said, we're going to focus on the kids. That's the majority of us in here. But we're all kids on some level. But specifically, we're going to hone in on you students tonight. So we're going to kind of talk about what is your responsibility in this relationship? What is God asking of you in the parent-kid relationship. It's exciting stuff. Are you ready for this? Before we move forward, I need to know you're with me. Are you with me? Yes. Awesome. Okay, let's get going. Ephesians 6. We're going to be in Ephesians 6 and look at three verses. And that's really all we're going to look at tonight. All we're going to talk about is in those first three verses of Ephesians 6. This is what it says. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. For this is right. Now, I think most of that we get. It's pretty easy to understand. Children, that would be, we'll just say us, right? That's us, children. Obey your parents. So do what your parents say. Honor them. But then there's this little phrase, in the Lord. What does that mean? In the Lord. Okay, so obey your parents in the Lord. Like, are we both standing in the Lord and I'm like, yes, mom, dad, whatever you say, what does that mean? I don't get it. In the Lord. We're going to come back to that. For this is right. 
So let's just take out in the Lord for just a second so we can kind of get all this verse, okay? Children, us, obey your parents, honor your parents, do what your parents say, because it's right. Does everybody get that? Pretty simple stuff, right? Do what your parents say, honor your parents, respect your parents, okay? But then this in the Lord part is kind of the, the kicker, okay? This is the, the key thing I want to highlight really quick, okay? In the Lord means, and the reason this is in there is because it's really important, but it means that we obey our parents because we are obeying God. We obey our parents because we love God, we want to honor God, and so that's why we obey our parents. It's not just obey your parents just because. It's not obey your parents, period. It's obey your parents in the Lord. So in response to the Lord, in honor of the Lord, in obedience to the Lord, in honor to God, you obey your parents. Now, that's a big difference than just obeying your parents just because. To obey your parents just because, and that's it. It's obey your parents because of God. Big difference. So in that, in that verse, we see kind of an obedience hierarchy. Anybody know what hierarchy means? Nice. Smart people. I like it. Hierarchy, for those that aren't, aren't up on that word, okay? Hierarchy is like the order in which the obedience or, or the authority that you're listening to kind of goes, okay? So if we were to say the hierarchy of Chick-fil-A is we got the CEO, and then we got the regional managers, and then we got the store managers, and then we got the employees, right? So that's the hierarchy. The top of the hierarchy is the CEO. You with me? You get the whole hierarchy thing? Okay, so obedience for us in the hierarchy of that, who should we listen to first? Who should we obey first? We see three people in this verse, right? Who are the three people? God, he's one. Parents, who else? Children. Those are the three people in this verse, okay? So we're going to deal with those three people. And in this verse, this is what it's saying, okay? Number one is listen to your parents because of who? God. So God would be number one in the hierarchy, okay? He's like CEO. He's big man, big in charge. He's the number one person we should be listening to is God. Number two is who? Parents. Because he says, in the Lord, obey your parents. So parents is second. Because of God, we obey our parents. So God says obey your parents, therefore we obey our parents. And then last is going to be you, me, us, children. We are last in this list. So this is how God set it up in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Hierarchy of who are we supposed to listen to and obey? God, number one, parents, then us. Is this how we live? Ooh, honest people, I like you. <laughs> I do. All of us don't live like this. A lot of us don't live like this. A lot of adults don't live like this. A lot of us just miss this, and this is why. Because we will take this list, and we'll flip it. And we'll put us as number one. It's like, okay, I want to do this. And if it matches up with what my parents want to do, then that's cool too. That works out. And then if it works out with what God wants to do, then that's even better. That's just like icing on the cake, right? But at the end of the day, I'm going to do who, who wants to do what you want to do, what I want to do. And this is usually how we'll, we'll live. This is kind of sometimes our default. We'll kind of go back to this, is I'll do what I want to do first, 
And then I do have to listen to my parents sometimes, so I'll try to do what they want to do too sometimes. And then every once in a while, I'll try to do what God wants me to do too. So we get the order totally flipped. We get it totally out of whack. And this is when we start to see some issues, right? When we start to listen to us before we listen to our parents. And when we start to listen to us before we start listening to God. Especially when we start listening to us instead of listening to God. So this is when we get messed up and we start doing things that God did not ask for us to do where we know God is not cool with because it's going to either hurt us or hurt other people or do something that's going to just have a serious consequence, right? And this is when we see all kinds of things, right? This is when we see people start to go down paths that involve drugs. This is where we see people go down paths that involve stealing and lying and pornography. And, and people wind up having to drop out of school because they, they did things that uh, were just had these consequences that took them out of being able to make those choices. And so this is what happens, those things, when we get this as our kind of order of obedience. This is who we listen to. This is the stuff we do. These are how we make our decisions. You with me? Okay, so that's not cool. That's not the way God's asking us to live. But the verses keep going, right? Ephesians 6, the next two verses, verses 2 and 3 say this, honor your father and mother. That might sound familiar because that's from the Old Testament, which is the really older stuff. Anybody heard of the Ten Commandments? Show of hands. Heard of the thing? Okay. This is one of those. So it's kind of popular, famous. Honor your father and mother. So it's in quotations because it's from the Old Testament. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But then it goes on. It says, This is the first commandment that has a promise. So there's a promise attached to this commandment. And this is what the promise is. In verse 3, it says, So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. So listen to your mom and dad, honor them, honor your parents, whoever God has put as your parent, honor them. Because, and this is the because, because it will go well with you and you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now remember, we we follow our parents and we honor our parents and obey them because of God, right? So when we honor our parents, we're also honoring God. It's kind of like when you... uh, you made like a promise to somebody, like I promise I will not tell my friend this secret, right? I promise I won't tell my family this secret that you told me. I promise I won't tell them. I will go to the grave with this secret, I promise. And then you hear somebody else sharing the secret that you know, and you know your friend doesn't want anybody knowing that stuff. And so you like stick up for your friend. You're like, no, 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 I don't, no, 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 don't share that. They don't want you to talk about that to other people. That's a secret. It's the whole definition of a secret. You don't tell. Did you not listen to that in school when we went over the word secret? It was the word of the week. And so you missed that. So don't tell. So you you were like trying to honor your friend by stopping this other person from telling the secret, right? So you weren't directly doing this for your friend. You were, you were kind of indirectly doing it through this other person. So we honor God by honoring our parents. It's kind of linked. It's connected. So we do that, and this is what God says he'll do. I will give you true life, real life, and it's going to go well with you. It's going to be a lot better than going your own path. It's going to be a lot better than putting you 
at the top of the obedience list, right? Put me at the top, your parents next, you at the bottom. It's going to go much better for you, I promise. And this is what God promises us. If we kind of live according to the way he set it up, the way he set up the family to function is God, parents, kids. Pretty simple stuff so far. Are you with me? Okay. So we honor God and obey because God promises the best for us. Now, have you ever seen somebody go outside of what we just said, God, parents, us? Have you ever seen that happen and it didn't turn out the best? I think we've all seen that. Has anyone experienced that firsthand? I'm guessing there's a lot more probably than the hands I'm seeing. Any, any, anybody experience this firsthand? Like you went out of this order. You put what you wanted to do first, and then you kind of considered what your parents and what God had to say about the issue. And then later you're like, oh, bro. <laughs> Oops. Big mistake. Messed up. You put your hands down. I have totally been there. Um, I've seen it happen tons and tons of times. Uh, I can think of a few instances. There's one um, that happened not, not too long ago uh, where there was a, a kid who, who made just some not good choices, decided to, uh, to drink a little bit too much. He was like 16 years old, drank a little bit too much, decided to get in the car with a couple friends, go out on the, go out on the, on the roads, kind of a swervy kind of road, Made a bad turn, kind of overcorrected, wind up in the ditch and kind of flinging his friends out into the woods. Wind up hitting another car. I mean, it was, it was not good. And some kids died because of that. Because he kind of put himself at the top. He's like, okay, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do what, I'm, what I want to do. I'm going to kind of deviate from the path that God's laid out and set out. And I'm going to do my own deal. And I think we'd all agree that's not the best. That result, what happened to those kids and getting in an accident and people dying is not the best. Can God use it? Sure, he can use it. He can use anything. Is it what he ultimately wanted? Is it what he had laid out for them? No, I don't think any of us would say that. So, by doing this, God promises, hey... You're going to get the best life you can. I'm not saying I'm going to give you Ferraris and millions of dollars and big mansions or anything like that. But your life is going to mean something. It's not going to be shallow. It's not going to be full of these consequences of sin because you're actually going to be following me and honoring me. By also honoring and following your parents. Because I put them there for a reason. I put them there for a purpose. And I've always put parents in that place for a purpose. So, this is why we honor, this is why we obey. And God promises that he will give us the best when we do that. So, I wanted to end with a story. Is that cool? This is not like my story. This is not, you're not going to hear an embarrassing story from Brad's childhood. You've heard enough of those and you'll hear more later, but not tonight. Um... This story is actually in the New Testament. It's in the Bible. And it's about this guy named Jesus. Not many people have heard of him, probably. Anybody here heard of Jesus? 
Okay, sweet. More people than I thought. Nice. You've heard of Jesus. So this story is about him. Now, we read a lot of stories about him being born. We celebrated that at Christmas, right? We little baby Jesus in the manger. I don't know why I went into an Irish accent for that. It just felt right, so I went with it. But he's wrapped up in the swaddling clothes, right? And he's in the manger. He's with all the animals. And there was no room for Mary and Joseph in the inn. Everybody with me on the story? Yeah? Okay, so that's little baby Jesus, right? Little baby six-pound Jesus, however much he weighed, in the manger, Mary and Joseph, animals. Okay, so we read a lot of stories of that. And then we read a lot of stories of him being older, right? In his 30s, somewhere around my age, hanging out with a bunch of guys, fishermen, disciples, going around healing people, preaching. Ultimately, he goes up on this cross, and he dies, and then he raises again three days later to life. And that's Easter, and that's where he made a way for us to actually know God forever. Really, really cool story. So we've heard all those things. There's a lot of stories about those, but there's only one story that we know of in the Bible that's about Jesus kind of in the middle, in between, where he's 12 years old. Anybody in the house 12 years old? Got a few of you. How many of you are within a year or two of 12 years old? Hands up. Either way, before or after, a couple years before or after 12. Okay, that should fit everybody in middle school, right? Because it's usually middle school is 11 to 14, maybe 15. So that's pretty much middle school age. This is where we read the story of Jesus. And so let me set it up a little bit, okay? They, his family, his parents, Jesus had parents on earth here. Mary and Joseph, we just talked about them, the little baby in the manger. Okay, that's, that's his parents. And they're hanging out with the rest of their family, going to the city of Jerusalem. Big major city in the, the country of, anybody know? Israel, yes, in Israel. So it's over in the Middle East, and it's the city, big city. It's, it's the center of the Jewish uh, world. It's where they go for this festival. It's this big party they go to every year, okay? And so they're heading there as a big family, a bunch of friends. They're all headed to Jerusalem, right? So imagine the biggest like family get together and then you guys heading on a road trip, okay? That's kind of what's going on, okay? They're all together heading on this road trip for this festival. And that's where we pick up this story. It says every year, and this is in Luke chapter 2, if you got your Bibles or you want to follow along or read this later, Luke chapter 2. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover, When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. Can we just pause for just a second, okay? We're talking about Jesus, right? Important guy. Son of God. He was like totally man and totally God, and there's a whole lot of stuff in there in between, and I'm not, we're not going to go into that right now, but he's very, very important. He's the Messiah. I mean, he's the Savior of the world. And his family leaves without him, and then a day later, they're like, hey, anybody seen Jesus? I mean, he wasn't at breakfast. Anybody seen him? They lose Jesus. Is that not funny to anybody? It's a little funny to me. Like, I laugh at that. I'm like, okay, it's kind of like if you guys went to Six Flags 
and you went with your family, and then the next day, your parents are like, we left little Billy on the screen machine. Oops. It's kind of like that. But not exactly. There's no screen machine. So they realize a day later that they forgot Jesus. Now, it's a little bit understandable because they really are with a big group of people. It's not just like four of them traveling, okay? There's like a lot of people with them. But he finally realizes, they finally realize Jesus isn't here. And so Mary and Joseph start freaking out, right? Imagine what your parents would do if you got left at Six Flags and they realize it a day later. Would they freak out? Parents, would any of you freak out if you left your kid for a day somewhere and you had no idea you left him there? I would think we would all probably freak out. If you're a parent of a kid like that. So that's what's happening. They realize Jesus isn't here. Oops. And so this is where we pick it up. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. (laughs) Good thinking. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for them. So they're retracking their steps, right? They're trying to find Jesus. They've looked around in the crowd. They don't see him with the group. They're like, okay, he's not here with us. He must be still in Jerusalem. So they head back to Jerusalem to look for him, which is not like a short walk, okay? They've already been walking for a day. Now they've got to walk another day back. It's kind of a big deal. Now, after three days, so three days they've been looking for Jesus, It's a long time. Okay, so three days they've been looking and they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, okay? This is like they left you at Six Flags on the screen machine, looked for you for three days, couldn't find you, and then found you uh, sitting over at the free fall. Not exactly where they left you and you're just like totally fine, okay? They find him at church. Now, it's kind of, looking back, it's like, well, duh, he's Jesus. <laughs> of course he's at church. Where else is he going to be? And so that's where they find him, sitting at the temple, talking to all these guys. Now, we got some 12-year-olds in the house, right? And a lot of you are close to 12. How many of you just sit around at a church talking to a bunch of old guys? <laughs> and don't make no jokes about me, okay? Not funny. Or your small group leaders. That's not funny. I'm imagining that not many of you guys do this, okay? Not many of you ladies do this. This is not a normal thing for a 12-year-old to do. But he's hanging out outside the church, talking to the teachers, listening to them, asking them questions. And then this is what it says. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. And again, we look back and we're like, it's Jesus. (laughs) No, duh. (laughs) And so when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Now, would your parents have responded quite like Mary did? Son, why have you treated us this way? We've been anxiously searching for you. My mom would have snatched me by my ear and just started yelling There probably would have been a little spanking involved. It wouldn't have been good, okay? I would have been grounded for life. It would have been a terrible thing. So she's she's a little flustered. She asked him, why why are you doing this? Why have you stayed at, at this place and not told us where you were? Why haven't you been with the family? We've been freaking out. What's going on? And so here's Jesus' response. Why were you searching for me? 
12-year-old. I've been gone for three days from my family. Why have you been searching for me? (laughs) I'm sorry. I just laugh at things like this. It's funny to me. Um, He asked, didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Again, it's like us looking back at it. It's like, duh, like we said, he's going to be at church, right? He's Jesus. His parents are still thinking, he's our little baby boy. We need to take care of him. And so they're going after him, and they're still kind of confused by this. And it even says, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. Like, kid, you're 12, okay? We know you're Jesus the Messiah, but you're still our little baby boy. We don't get what you're doing. Come home with us. And so here's what happens. Then he went down to Nazareth where they live so he followed them home and was obedient to them so he he gets asked what are you doing kid what are you doing Jesus why have you not stuck with the family you've been scaring us to death and he's like what do you what do you mean I'm Jesus I'm here where I'm supposed to be I'm I'm talking about my father I'm talking about God to people I'm Jesus and they're like what I We don't get all that. You just need to come home with us, okay? You need to come home with us where it's safe, where we've got all the donkeys and all the things you're used to, and it's going to be good, so come home with us. And so he, he, he listens to his parents, and he goes with them even though he's Jesus. And he could have hung out at church all day and been fine. He could have hung out at church all month, all year, and been fine because he's who? Jesus, Right? But he doesn't stay there for a year. He doesn't stay there for a month. He doesn't stay there for a week. He doesn't even stay there for another day. He follows him back to Nazareth and he goes back to his house because who said so? His parents. parents. So let's get this straight, okay? Just so we're on the same page. The perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing, Son of God, okay? He is all these things. He is all powerful. Do anything you want. He's all knowing. He knows every single thing that's ever been and ever going to be. He knows it. And not to mention his daddy is God. Okay? He obeyed his parents. He listened to mom and dad. So here's my question to you, students. Do you think you're better than Jesus? A lot of you said no, but have you lived like you're better than Jesus? Have you listened to your parents? I'm hearing a lot of no's on that one too. So if you didn't listen to your parents... But Jesus did listen to his parents when he was perfect. He could do anything he wanted. He was all-knowing. He could do anything, and he would not be wrong because he's Jesus. He listened to his parents, yet sometimes we don't. Does that not make it a little bit confusing when we say we're not better than Jesus? Because if we don't listen to our parents, it's kind of like us saying we're better than our parents, which is kind of like us saying we don't need to listen to them, which is kind of like us saying that we're better than Jesus. We know better than him. We know better than Jesus. Even though Jesus listened to his parents, I don't really need to. I don't know if you've ever thought of, ever even read this story. When I first read it, I didn't think of it like this. I didn't think, oh, well, Jesus listened to his parents, so I should listen to my parents. 
parents too because I don't want to think I'm better than Jesus. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what it is. And if we're, we're right in saying that we're not better than Jesus, which we are right in saying that, you're right. When you say, hey, are you better than Jesus? And you say no, that's right. You're right in that. So I'm not trying to confuse you. You're not better than Jesus. I'm not better than Jesus. Your parents, not better than Jesus, okay? And so if we're agreeing with that and Jesus listened to his parents, guess what the best thing for us to do is? Listen to, obey, honor, respect our parents. Not because they're perfect. Not because we're going to get in trouble if we don't. Not because we're not going to get our allowance. We're not going to blah, 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 and keep adding to the list. Not because of that. The reason that we listen to our parents is because we love God. Is because we want to obey and honor God. Does it mean your parents are always going to be right? No. No. Your parents will probably say they're not always right. Does it mean that your parents are never going to make a mistake and say something they shouldn't say? No, it doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean your parents are Jesus. But because of Jesus, we still honor and respect and listen to them. Does that make sense? Close your eyes and bow your head right where you're at, if you would, for me, my friends. Um, I just wanted, especially for this first night in this series, for you guys, you students specifically, in here. I know there's a lot of you in here that do not have a great role model when it comes to your parents. You might have a parent that is abusive in some kind of way. You might have a parent that makes really bad choices. And I'm not asking you to endure abuse, and I'm not asking you to do anything like that that would go against what God calls you to. But I think what God is asking of you is to respect and honor your parents in a way that would honor and respect Him, that would honor and respect God. That you don't walk around your school just talking trash about your parents. You don't walk around to your friends and talk about how you hate your parents. You don't look at them square in the face and just disrespect them with the words that you say and the actions that you you live out. But you love them, respect them. You respect the fact that God put them in your life for a reason. You might not get what the reason is right now. You might not understand all of why they ask you to do what they do. But God is asking you to obey and to respect and to honor them. And so if your relationship with them is not really good, and a lot of it is because of you, I I think God's asking you to make that right. You might need to, if they're in the room tonight, maybe you need to talk to them when you get in the car with them. If they're not here tonight, maybe you need to talk to them when you get home. Start to try to make that right. And I'm not saying you can fix everything, but whatever you have control over, whatever you can do, if it means just changing the way you talk to them, if it means changing the way you treat them, then change it. If it means you stop disrespecting them when they ask you to do something, then do it. 
if it means you need to apologize to them for something you said right before you got to revolution tonight, then do it. But I just want to pray over you guys and give you guys a chance just to talk to God yourself and ask him to maybe show you some things that you need to work on in your relationship with your parents. Not just because, but because of God. Because you want to honor him and love him. So let me, let me pray for you. We're going to worship a little bit more. And as we worship, you guys can pray at your seat. We'll have leaders up at the front if you want to pray with one of the leaders up here that you know that's your small group leader or just any of the leaders, you can do that. But let's also just worship because God ultimately is all of our Father. God loves us more than any person ever could or would. And he's your parent. If you don't feel like you got a parent, he's your parent. He loves you. So if nothing else, let's worship him for that, for that truth. And for a lot of us, you need to worship God because he has given you good parents. He has given you parents that love you and and want the best for you and trying to help you.